Hello there, and welcome to Insight Peterborough. I'm Devin Wilkins. Insight Peterborough is a project of the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind. And if you'd like to find out more about the CCB, all you have to do is send an email to ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. That's ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. Well, we have dug back into the archives all the way back almost three years to January 23rd of 2018. And uh, when we did do that digging, we found an interview that former co-host Simon Trevoranis and I had done with Lindsay Tyler from CELA in Toronto and Karen Bishop from the Peterborough Public Library. And uh, I thought that it would be a good idea for us to play that now. Now, there is a bit of a phone-in, I have to tell you. So people are calling in, but don't you call the number that you're given because uh, that person um, may not know quite what's going on, seeing that he is the co-host. So uh, just listen to the questions and answers and the information that's given in this um, early episode of Insight Peterborough. I must say that uh, during that episode, I had a very husky voice, but then a cold virus ha only has to look at me and I get laryngitis, so that's uh, nothing too serious or anything like that. So let's go back to an episode in on January 23rd, 2018, and it will take up most of the program. CELA is the Center for Equitable Library Accessibility, and um, uh, that is uh, that organization is, is what operates, um, uh, that, that uh, provides um, books for people who are blind across the country now. So there was a bit of an evolution between the library that I remember and CELA uh, today. And uh, so we have Lindsay Tyler uh, from CELA in Toronto. Good morning, Lindsay. Good morning, Lindsay. Good morning. I'm um, Devin, uh, and uh, nice to have you uh, with us. And uh, and then we're going to have Karen Bishop, who is the uh, information uh, librarian. So uh, while um, while I'm asking um, uh, Lindsay a question there, Simon, do you want to get uh, Karen? I would love to. Okay. All right. Um, sorry about the beeping. I don't know where that's coming from, Lindsay. Okay. Anyway, as I was saying, Lindsay is with CELA, which is the Center for Equitable Library Accessibility. Did I get that right? 
Uh, the Center for Equitable Library Access. Actually. Access. Very, very close. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah. In, in uh, Toronto. Now, uh, there seems to have been quite an evolution from when I was a kid. I, I didn't used to get uh, books from the um, CNIB library so much during the school year because uh, the school that I went to um, had its own library. But um, during the summer, I used to have to send in a list of books that I'd like to read during the summer. And uh, most of those were in Braille at the time. Uh, but things have come a long way since then, haven't they? Well, we, we still do Braille, and we still love to help kids with summer reading. But, yeah, things have changed a bit <laughs> since then. Um, so um, when you were um, a kid, you, you were receiving books from the CNIB library, and um, that CNIB offered um, library services to its clients who were blind or partially sighted for decades and, and offered primarily um, Braille and books in audio, and those audio formats have changed over the years too, from records to cassettes and so on, now and CDs and now online. Um, but um, in 2014, um, CELA was created and assumed responsibility um, for those services that were previously offered by. Um, by CNIB Library, um, and I can, if you'd like, I can talk a little bit about so why and how that happened. Yeah, sure, that'll be great. Sure. So, um, so there were really, for decades, there had been advocacy uh, from people with print disabilities, so people who, who can't read print because of a visual disability or um, the inability to hold a book or turn pages or a learning disability, like dyslexia. So people in, in, in that community, um, people in libraries, and as well as CNIB, um, so advocating about the need to make public library collections available to people with print disabilities. Um, the, we feel strongly that public libraries are really valuable and critical uh, community resource and that they should be there um, and offering service and collections to everyone including those with print disabilities. And so um, CELA was created to make those collections um, of accessible materials, uh, especially Braille, audio, and accessible e-books, available through public libraries to people with print disabilities. Um, so um, the creation of CELA has had two big advantages um, compared to uh, the past. First. Um, the, that integration of people with print disabilities into public libraries and, and making services for them part of mainstream public library services. I think that's very important. Um, as well, um, it means that those collections that used to just be available to people uh, with vision loss through CNIB Library are now available to anyone with a print disability, so a much wider audience, uh, all of whom can benefit from access to these services. Um, so it's broadened both the audience for these, these materials and it's made public libraries um, even more, public library service even more meaningful and accessible uh, for those uh, people who need alternate formats. 
So um, I know that uh, initially uh, you had to, when when books came from the CNIB library, you used to have to be a, a client of the CNIB. Um, how do how does anybody uh, wanting a, a book from CELA, um, uh start the process? Do they have to fill out an application form of some kind? Yeah, there's a few ways. So um, you need to have a public library card. Um, and so that, that's um, certainly in Ontario, those are, are free of charge and pretty um, easy to get. So you can go to a public library or if you can't get into the library, just call them. Many of them have ways of getting cards to people who uh, can't get into the, the library building. And um, then uh, either the library staff can uh, assist with a, a registration with CELA. Um, so you could just ask that you know you want to use CELA services, um, and can they sign you up? Or we also have an, uh, a form on our website at celalibrary.ca. Just go to registration and you fill out the form with your public library card, and we set up the service and um, and you go from there. So. Um, so, whereas in the past it was only available to those who had um, who had were CNIB clients, as you mentioned, now it's available to anyone who can um, who has a print disability and a public library card. Uh, now, when you talk about print disabilities, um, are you also including things like learning disabilities? Are you? Yeah, that's right. So there's a. a this all comes from a, a definition in the Copyright Act, actually, and not to get too technical, but um, it includes um, learning disabilities like dyslexia, where people have difficulty um, sort of processing the print. Um, uh, it includes people with physical disabilities who cannot hold a book or turn the pages. Uh, so there's, um, you know, lots of different um, conditions can fall into that category. Um, we serve people who have multiple sclerosis, cerebral palsy, uh, spinal cord injuries, arthritis, and so on. Uh, just for a few, to name a few examples, and of course, it includes people um, uh, with vision loss uh, who can't read print because of uh, um, because of their vision. Okay. So you must work uh, very extensively with public libraries across the country, do you? Yeah, actually, that's, that's one of the greatest pleasures of the job is um, being in touch with library staff uh, from all four corners of the country, really, and um, and helping them offer the the best possible service um, and collections to their users. Well, this seems like a good uh, time for me to introduce Karen Bishop from our Peterborough Public Library. Now, have I got the um, uh, title right there, Karen, Information Librarian? Yep, I'm the Information Services Librarian at the Peterborough Public Library. And uh, we have uh, what is going to be a brand spanking new library opening. Uh, do you want to talk to us a little bit about that, Karen? Yes, we're very excited. Um, we're going to be opening a week from today, January 30th at 9 a.m. We're going to have a grand opening ceremony, and we're thrilled to show a whole bunch of new people into our building that is indeed more accessible than it used to be. All right. And uh, can you talk to us a little bit about some of the accessibility features that you have? 
Sure. Um, if we're talking about the physical space of the building, uh, part of our renovation, we got to do some exciting things like have a heated sidewalk and ramp out front, which Ooh. sounds like a luxury to most people, but it's actually an accessibility issue because it, on a day like today, it's we're sitting here in Peterborough and there's you know, icy sidewalks everywhere. And I got to tell you, the sidewalk right in front of the library right now is clear. And wow. that's because it has a beautiful heated sidewalk and a, and a ramp to the side door. Um, so that's wonderful. And it also means that we were able to put the stairs inside, which also makes them easier to clear in the winter for elderly people or anybody who, who might have some mobility issues. Um, trying to think. Um, yep, we have two elevators now instead of just one. Perfect. And we have barrier-free washrooms and accessible washrooms, far more than we used to have. We used to just have a couple, but now all of our washrooms are accessible. And um, simple things like wider clearance for wheelchairs or even, you know, even if you're using a cane or something that you have more space to do that in. Um, our, our service desks are also going to be accessible at different heights. So some of those things are related to mobility, some to vision, but together they, they work really well together to serve everyone so that it's not an issue for anyone to come into the library. So now when somebody wants to, say somebody with a vision impairment wants to order uh, or take out a certain book or find out what you have, um, how would they go about doing that? Well, um, all of our materials are listed in our catalog, which is online. I can't actually speak to the accessibility features of the catalog. Um, I'm not really sure about those, but um, inside the library, definitely when you come or if you call us, we can guide you to a lot of materials that are really helpful for those with vision loss. So we have audiobooks, just like Sila has, um, but we have them actually in a variety of different formats. We have uh, regular CDs that most people are used to listening to audiobooks on, whether on your a radio or in your car or whatever. We also have MP3 CDs, which are, I really love because yeah. they're an audiobook on one CD. So you're not flipping 10 CDs and trying to find the right one That's and right. losing one. And, you know, everything's on one CD. Um, and it's not to be confused, but it's an MP3 format, not an MP3 player. So they're just MP3 CDs. And we also have something called Playaways, which a lot of people are, have never seen before. But they're a, um, they're a very small device about the size of an MP3 player. And they play just one book. So it's a, tiny, it's a nice little thing that you can put in your pocket and you can just press play or stop or go or fast forward. Um, and so those are really convenient for people, especially if you don't want to mess with a lot of different buttons. Um, and you can just plug in your headphones and listen to those, take them for a walk or whatever. So they're called playaways because you can play it and take it away with you. So those are really fun to have. Um, I'm thinking of other collections too, like our large print collections for those who have just some vision loss. Um, we were just walking through it last night, actually. I was looking through the large print collection, and we have a whole extra aisle of large print now in our new library. Cool. So part of our, our, our renovation involved creating spaces for more collections like that. We have a lot of people in Peterborough who have some vision loss due to age. And, um, yeah, we've, we're getting more materials for them, whether it's the audiobooks or the large print books. All right. That's great. Um, just turning back to Lindsay now, uh, just for a second. Um, Lindsay, um, uh, Karen here was just talking about the uh, playaways. Do, do you uh, deal with those as well or no? 
No, the public libraries, that's a, a sort of a special thing that public libraries do, and they are, they are fantastic. We look to, um, as much as possible, complement what public libraries are doing. So uh, in their, with their own um, purchasing um, decisions, their own uh, collections. So um, public libraries, as Karen mentioned, they buy all kinds of um, different materials, including uh, audiobooks and so on, that are available usually to uh, the general public. And then our collection um, will aims to complement that and really make sure that um, the collections that are available to people with print disabilities are equitable. So um, if people, uh, the general population has access to a book, we want to do our best to make sure that it's available in, in an alternate format um, for people who have print disabilities. Um, so a bit less than 10% still of the books published um, are available in alternate formats, and we want to try to narrow that gap as best we can. Is that an ongoing battle with publishers? Oh, I don't know if it's a, a battle with publishers <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't, probably wouldn't put it that way, but um, it's definitely an ongoing issue, and there's been lots of exciting progress um, at the international level. Um, there is a, a treaty uh, that has come into force fairly recently called Marrakesh Treaty, and mm -hmm. um, that means that we can increasingly share books across borders, and that will help um, address this uh, so-called book famine. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a question, and I think technology too is helping with um, more and more ebooks becoming accessible, um, provided that the, for the platforms and the players that people have access to are accessible as well. Um, so uh, it's, it's, an, it's an exciting time for sure in this area, um, but we're not there yet, and so um, so that's. Our role is really to help public libraries in enhancing um, what they're able to offer to their people with print disabilities. Okay. Um, do you have uh, down there in Toronto, down there in Toronto as if it's that far away, <laughs> but do you have there at SILA uh, people who um, record books or do you get them from say, the Royal, Royal National Institute of the Blind or other places? How does that work? Yeah, it's a, a combination of where we get our books. So uh, we continue to work with CNIB, which is um, uh, sort of a, a production partner. So CNIB continues to produce books in um, audio and Braille and accessible e-text. Uh, so we have books that come in that way. Um, and that production tends to focus on uh, Canadian books, because um, we know that um, we can't look to the Royal National Institute for the Blind in the UK or, or um, you know, people in New Zealand or Australia or whatever to, to provide Canadian content. So we focus on, on that as much as possible uh, with the, the work that CNIB is producing. And then um, we get materials from, we have agreements with commercial publishers, recorded books, and Blackstone notably. Uh, so people can get um, best-selling uh, commercial audiobooks through SILA. And then we also have international uh, work with uh, similar organizations internationally. You mentioned the RNIB, so that's a good example, um, as well as others, uh, to access the, the 
greatest breadth um, and depth of content possible. Um, a question that comes to mind, and I'm going to use, uh, I think it's called Fire and Fury. Uh, the, the <laughs> right, <yeah. Sorry. laughs> um, So that has just come out fairly mm -hmm. recently. Yeah. How long would it take for uh, Sila to have a book like that uh, available for people? That's a great question. Um, so I'm just looking. So one of the exciting parts of our service um, is that we, we have a, a fantastic partnership with an American organization called Bookshare. Ah. Um, and so uh, we, anyone who is using SELA services can sign up for a free Bookshare membership. And Bookshare is the largest accessible online library in the world. They have over 500,000 titles now available to Canadians. Um, so, and what's super about them is they work directly with publishers. They get publisher files and books um, can be available really the same day that they're available to the general public. They can be available through Bookshare. So I just did a, I did a quick search and unfortunately, Bookshare, I, they would be the um, where I would start looking for that kind of really hot new material, and they don't have it at the moment. Ah, oh, okay. So um, if that was something that we would look, oh, I sorry, I just got an email from a colleague. Uh, Fire and Fury is on order, um, so we're working <laughs> on it. So what that means is that um, is that. Uh, we, we go through the normal production process, and that it depends on the title. Um, typically, it can take a few months, but for a really high-demand title like that, uh, we would generally look to do it as, as quickly as possible. It depends on lots of different factors. But I remember um, uh, when the, one of the Harry Potter books was produced, you know, kids wanted to get that as soon as possible, and we had it done really within days of it being published in print because we know you, know you don't want to hold kids back from reading the same, or anyone for that matter, from reading the same stuff as their peers. So that's yeah. really uh, important for us. So, um, so yeah, that's, um, it, de it depends. Uh, it can be as good as the same day or a few months, um, depending on what, what we're looking at exactly. All right, and uh, so when uh, a book is available at SELA, then it would be available to, um, say, the Peterborough Public Library, right? Yeah, uh, public libraries can um, bring in materials into the, their physical location if they, if they choose to, um, uh, especially the Daisy books on CD where they can order anything um, by what we call interlibrary loan. So uh, we would send them a copy and they can loan it out then to their users. Um, and lots of libraries simply choose to help their patrons register for their own SELA account and then we deliver materials either to their home or uh, users can, um, can download to their device, uh, you know, whatever device that they choose to use um, to read books. So. Um, so there's the two options. Public libraries can lend, lend out physical materials or they can help their users get access to things directly. Lindsay, um, in Peterborough, this is Karen again. Um, in Peterborough, we um, lend a number of items, of course, that aren't even part of the SELA collection. So something 
um, that would be really popular or would be published in a different format by the publisher, of course. We would just work directly with patrons to um, lend those materials. And But we do encourage them really to sign up with SELA and get that home delivery if they can because that is really a wonderful service that um, a lot of them love to to get into um, and we also have a service at the library that I'd like to mention which is our visiting library service um, where we also deliver to people's homes so if they find it tricky to get into the library we are happy to deliver items to their home um, we have a fantastic team of volunteers who do those deliveries a little bit like Meals on Wheels where they'll come right to your door and it's even a quite a personalized service. Um, we have um, people who want the service just call up the library and they work with a staff member who will advise them on what books to read and will even track some of the materials because they can't always remember what they've read, just like you and I, and they're like, oh, was that the latest um, Harry Turtle Dove? I can't remember. Um, so they'll even help you with that and deliver items to, to your door. So they could, so people who subscribe to these services um, could potentially get deliveries from Sela and the public library, which is really wonderful. So there should never ever be a book drought again. <laughs> no, there shouldn't. <laughs> no. Well, Simon, we're kind of leaving you out of the conversation. Did you have any questions? Yeah, I do, actually. Earlier on, it was mentioned that less than 10% of the books that are made come out in, in this type of format. And you also mentioned that you can get production going and have a book out in a couple of days. And I'm curious about what that looks like as far as how these are, are converted. Is somebody reading the book and then that audio is then recorded and then that is put on the CD and then that is the way that it's shared and if that's the case uh, is there some special process that the book can be read by or, or is it reasonable to have a bunch of people just pick up every book and read it and record it and put it online I mean I'm just curious about uh, how all that works yeah, so um, at CELA we produce things in a number of different ways and formats um, so when books are available like I mentioned through Bookshare really virtually instantly, um, that's because their production is automated, fully automated. So they receive files from the publishers and they convert them into um, automatically into various accessible formats. They can do audio, which is a, a, hum sorry, a computer, a synthetic computer voice, uh, not a human narrated um, audio. Mm. Uh, they do, can generate Braille automatically, and they also will provide access to um, an accessible text version, either um, Daisy text or EPUB, um, and those can be then read with um, with uh, text-to-speech software. Okay. Uh, so that's that's uh, the, the fastest way to do it. Um, if we're going to produce a book in human-narrated audio in a couple days, that would be a pretty extraordinary effort for a really <laughs> special book. Um, not something that you know, it's something that happens um, again for for specific titles, but typically it's a longer process because we work um, CNIB works with um, with volunteers who you know come in for a specific shift and 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 that all takes a bit of time. Um, and likewise with the Braille, uh, the transcription and, uh, and everything can, can take a, a bit of time. But um, as always, the goal is to get those books into people's hands in a timely fashion because um, that's you know, the reason we exist is to, to get the books that people want to read into their hands. Interesting. 
I've heard of uh, Audio.com, and now we also have Audio.ca. Do, do you work with um, them at all? Oh, it's Audible, I think you mean. Uh, Audible, it? Audible, yeah. that's it. So uh, we don't work with them uh, at the moment, but it's um, we do hear from lots of users that they like that service. And it, it is, um, I think, for avid readers especially, the more sources you've got, the better. So... Um, you can go to the, you know, and that's, I think, what, what, what most of us who are readers like to do. We'll go to the public library for materials. We'll use online services like Audible for materials. And then for those who are eligible, Sila is, um, is an excellent source, too. Um, so, yeah, it, it, they all have their advantages. Um, Audible is a paid service. It's a subscription service, mm-hmm. uh, and they have excellent content. All right. Um Unless you have any other questions, Simon, maybe this is a good time to open uh, our phone line uh, for people to call in with questions. Sure. Okay. Um, so what we've what we've done, uh, folks, is um, Simon um, has um, uh, generously allowed us to use his cell phone number for people to call in and um, he's going to put it on speaker so that if you have questions for either Lindsay or Karen um, you can ask those questions is it uh, a good time now to give the phone number Simon? Sure so the number is 705-313- Six three three zero seven oh five three one three six three three zero. So as soon as the phone is picked up, you'll be on the air, and um, uh, both Karen and Lindsay will be able to hear your questions. So um, call away, and um, we'll see what questions you have. I know that. Um, the uh, uh, CCB, it has a, uh, the Canadian Council of the Blind has a uh, list called uh, Get Together with Technology. And um, a, a few uh, months ago, maybe two or three months ago, um, several staff members from CELA made themselves available to answer questions uh, that people wrote in with. And that's kind of what um, this is. So we're just kind of figuring out the uh, technology, the related uh, technology um, with that. Um, but you can give um, us a call uh, once again at uh, 705-313-6330. That is correct. I don't think we have anybody yet on the line, do we? No calls yet, that's true. All right, okay. Devin, I wondered if I could pitch in a minute um, to something we were talking about earlier. Um, We're talking about audible.com, which is a wonderful service, and Mm -hmm. a lot of people, it's one of those subscription services online where you can get audiobooks. Um, But of course, another alternative to that are the audiobooks that you can get in digital format from the the public library. We have lots of users, um, with or without vision loss, who use those audiobooks um, through a couple of our online services. And um, 
those are really a great resource if you're not looking to spend a lot of money or commit to a subscription you might want to just try out some of the downloadable audiobooks from the public library that we get through a couple of different services and apps. So they, like uh, Lindsay said earlier, all these services complement each other very well. You know, they fill in a gap here or there, and it might be a nice way to try some things. So would people come to you or call you and ask you, uh, do you have such and such a book on, on Audible? Yeah, uh, well, it's not on Audible. Audible is the company. Okay. Um, but we have a couple of vendors, that library vendors that we work with, one of oh, which okay. is Overdrive, and they have a great app called Libby now. Right. And that's one of those apps you can just put on any device that you have or just on your computer, and you can listen to books through that service. Or we have something called Hoopla, which um, let, also has a number of audio books. And those are really great because you don't have to put holds on those. Those are available all the time. Um, and uh, these are a really great way. They're all listed in our library catalog. I think users are finding it far more interesting to, to look through our catalog now and go, oh, well, like a book like Fire and Fury or something or, or another book that they're looking for. They'll find, oh, we've got six different records. They're like, why are there six different lists in your catalog for this item? And I'm like, well, look at the, you know, you, you know, you got to pay attention to the other information beside it. Is it an audiobook? Is it an ebook? Is it a downloadable audiobook? Is it a regular print book? We have all these options for so many of our books. So it, it's one of those learning curves for everyone where we have to kind of just pay a little more attention to um, all that information that we're getting because there's there's a variety of sources that we have now that are available to us. Um, but it does mean that you'll you'll find lots of you know hits for one for one title that you're looking for. You'll find several different things listed in our catalog. That's that's terrific. Okay, um, let me see that number again for you to call. This is this is your chance. You know, you've heard uh, people say, speak now or forever hold your peace. Well, I guess you don't really forever have to hold your peace because I'm sure that if you uh, phoned our public library when, uh, when it opens uh, uh, next, um, a week from this coming Friday. Tuesday. Tuesday? Oh, <laughs> yes, Tuesday. a week from today. Oh, okay. All righty. Okay. The, the 30, the 31th, no, 30th. that's a 30th. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the 31th of the month. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Or if you got in touch with Celia, uh, um, you'd be able to ask all sorts of questions, but this is a uh, golden opportunity for you to phone in and uh, ask uh, questions. And that number again is uh, 705 three one three aha six three three zero and we have a call and hello you're on the air hello there can you hear us hello hello there, there. we are hi hi Devin. this is margaret condy speaking hi margaret how are you can you can you hear us uh yeah i'm sort of getting an echo but in any case, I wanted to just emphasize the... <laughs> oh, dear, this is, this is tricky. Okay, I, I just wanted to say, uh, emphasize the Ontario Library Service and Overdrive. I use that all the time, and I think it's absolutely fantastic. And as a member of the Peterborough Library, I get to use that, and I download books onto my computer and transfer it to my Victor Reader stream, and it's 
absolutely great. There's so many books. And one of the things I do like about that service is that these books are, you know, they're like on, on audible.com. They're all professionally read. And, um, you know, so it's high quality reading. And, and I think that's fantastic. That's wonderful to hear. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I wondered whether uh, people maybe who don't live right in Peterborough can also take advantage of the uh, uh, facilities of the Peterborough Public Library, but I guess they can. Well, yes, I live outside of Peterborough, and, um, and so I just pay $15 a year to be a member of the Peterborough Library. Ah, and oh. then I'm set for a year, and it's great. Okay. Um, you were going to say something? Um, yeah. Um, even if you don't live in Peterborough, um, the the we're part of a consortium, I think, uh, Ontario Library Service Consortium, I believe it's called. Um, and so a number of smaller libraries in our area are, are part of that consortium as well. So they do have access to a lot of the same auto audiobooks that we have access to online. Um, we might have a little more because we we are a larger library and we pay for some extra copies and some different titles. But if you aren't, you know, it might be one way to start and see how much you're using the service. Just start with your local library, whether it's in Cavan or um, I don't know, you know, something outside of Peterborough. So um, you might just try calling up your local library and seeing if they can help you out too. But yeah, definitely that out-of-town membership is a really good bargain. It is. It's great. Great. Any other questions, Margaret? No, that's it. Thanks for talking. Thanks so much for calling. That's great. Okay. Take yeah. good care. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. So that number again is uh, 705-313-6330. Any other phone calls there? Nope. Okay. In the meantime, Lindsay, um, is there any other aspect of, of CELA that we... Uh, haven't covered that maybe you wanted to talk yeah. about. Yeah, actually, I, oh, I good. The, the January 30th is going to be an exciting day for book lovers in Peterborough because not only is your library reopening and it's going to be beautiful, it sounds like, um, but it's also the day that the um, Canada Reads list, the short list uh -huh. of the five books will be announced. Um, so uh, that's something that I think lots of book lovers across the country look forward to every year. Um, and we, at the moment, have all of the books on the long list, and so we'll, of course, have all the books on the short list as well. Um, so for those who don't know, this is a, a program that's um, been offered by CBC for some a few years now, um, and every year Canadians are invited to read five books um, that are selected um, as books that all Canadians should read, and then uh, there's a, a program for a week in March, um, this year it's March 26th to 29th, where um, various sort of famous uh, people will um, try to champion a book and convince their pa other panelists uh, why their book is the one that should um, should be the one that all Canadians read. Eventually, there's a, a single book selected, um, and it's always um, interesting and fun and um, a great way to pick up some new and uh, and worthwhile reading. So. So those are all available from us now, and um, and when you have the, the list announced next week, it'll be time to get reading, so you can um, follow the debates. All right. Did you have something there, Simon? Oh, just that when, when I came to Trent, we had the, the Canada Reads, and we, read, we had to read uh, Three Day Road, I think it was called. 
Anyways. Right, by Joseph Boyden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's lots of um, lots of excellent books on on the list again um, this year. Um, some newer books and some older ones. Um, something else to to be uh, people might be interested in is um, around the time you know it's award season right now and the Oscars are coming up. Um, and there's a a book that's uh, been made into a, the movie a movie, The Breadwinner. Uh, and we have all of the books in that series by Deborah Ellis as well. Lindsay, um, you also have um, books for the TD Summer Reading Club when it comes summertime too, don't you? That's right. So if there's kids or or parents or grandparents of kids listening in, um, when the um, the summer comes around, I really recommend and encourage that you get into the public library and join the TD Summer Reading Club. It's um, there's you know, offered all across the country, and um, and it's a way to encourage reading and, uh, and for fun in the summer. Um, so uh, we offer books in alternate formats so that kids with print disabilities can participate equally in that programming and, and read the books that other kids in the community are reading at the same time. And then public libraries um, often organize activities and programs around um, in the summer as well. Yeah, that's certainly something we appreciate, that that's something that SELA that, uh, offers to public libraries. I think that's a, a useful service that we wouldn't <clears throat> normally be able to provide. So that's a, a nice partnership. Hey, sorry? You, were you going to say something, Lindsay? Yeah, I was just going, yeah, we, we do make, um, one of our priorities is uh, making it possible for public libraries um, to uh, to offer accessible programming, uh, so that's one of the real strengths of public libraries is the the availability um, to the community, a place to gather and exchange and have events and programs and so on. And so, uh, if we're able to um, provide the collections and uh, and so on that support that in an accessible way, we're really pleased to do so. So, book clubs, uh, community reads programs, um, all that kind of thing. And now, uh, just kind of uh, referring back to the Canada Reads uh, Week uh, coming up, and uh, that five, that list of five that will be announced shortly. The uh, the one at the end, uh, it, they win. The author wins the is the the Giller Prize. I uh, know the Giller Prize was yeah, it was announced in the fall, and oh, okay. the winner of the Giller Prize. I'm Karen, if I get this wrong, you'll tell me. But it was <laughs> I don't Square. even know. <laughs> <laughs> it was Bellevue Square by Michael Redhill, and we do have that um, okay. available. Yeah, we work with the Giller Prize as well um, to make sure that we have those books available in in alternate formats right um, as soon as the the book is announced. Um, so, um, so yeah, the the winner of the Canada Reads is just yeah, that's simply Canada that the winner Reads. of Canada Reads okay. and um, and benefits from lots of great programming and publicity around that on CBC. Okay, that's great. Um, that number again, folks, if you want to call, is seven zero five three one three six three three zero. So uh, we're all set to take your call if if you want to. All right. Um, where shall we go here? Um, Karen, you were saying that um, the uh, uh, library here in Peterborough is going to be opening on the 30th, which is a week from today. 
Is this a newly renovated library or a brand spanking new building library? You know, it's hard to say, actually. <laughs> I sometimes I walk in the building now and I'm completely disoriented because <laughs> we really kind of took the shell of the building and we revamped the whole thing. Um, the spaces are completely different. And I, I mean, some areas you'll recognize and go, yes, that's the main floor. And um, but um, otherwise, it's. Uh, it's completely different. We have, we've kind of flipped where the children's department is. The children's department is going to be on the lower level of the library, which used to be a kind of staff only space. But, and people think, oh, you put the kids in the basement, but that's not what we did. This, this lower level actually has a lot of light and always has through a, through some side windows. But now we've got a great big staircase in the middle of the library that allows light from above to shine down into it. So it is really a nice, beautiful open space. And anyone who's driven by in the last few weeks, it's it's the library is so lit up we've improved our lighting there's a lot of new nice efficient led lighting and uh so the children's is going to be on the lower level adult services continues to be on the the main level and then there's that upper area that used to be children's is going to be where our media is and that's where all our audiobooks are going to be um so if you're looking for audiobooks you're going to be going up the ramp to that you know that semi level that mezzanine level um and it's going to just be beautiful we've got a lot of open areas a lot more comfortable seating um i'm not sure if i mentioned before we even have a couple of spots for accessible comp that are accessible computing stations where um, the station itself, you can lift the, the table, has an automatic button that'll move it up and down, which wow. makes it really nice for wheelchair users. Um, and, uh, yeah, so there's going to be a lot of those features. Some of them are works in progress. Um, some of our computers will be updated. They haven't been yet, but that's coming. So you might come in the first week and just be stunned by the, the differences in the building. But over the next several months, we're doing a lot of interesting things with, um, with new technology that will be coming and um, just some fun programs. We're doing a bunch of really cool programs to celebrate this reopening. Um, so in February, we've got... Uh, events like paint a paint party where you can come and do a painting and um, we're having um, a band dub trinity is coming to the library one sunday in february cool. um, to do a family concert so we're excited about that um, so there's going to be a lot of neat stuff to check out so come by or go online and look at our calendar in a, in a week or two and see what's all happening um, we're really hoping that people embrace the library as a space that is a community space it's not just about books, which we all love, but um, it's about a place where you can come and gather with other people in your community or maybe learn something new and just, you know, get out into the, the community and meet your neighbors um, and do things that made otherwise, you know, you might go somewhere else and it might cost you a lot of money to do. But the library, part of our mandate is to, to provide things as free as possible and as accessible as possible for everyone. And I think that's one of the wonderful things about our, the library in our community. You can go to a lot of other city facilities, um, which are truly wonderful, arenas or the wellness center, um, the art gallery. These are all great spaces. Um, and the library is one of those. And the nice thing about the library is that almost everything at the library is free. So we want you to come and use it and um, pick up books, but even if you're not a reader, to come in and check out what other programs that we're offering that will get you into the community. All right, that sounds good. Simon, did I hear we had a phone call? We have one now. All right, you're on the air. Hello there. 
Good morning, John. How are you? Oh, we are just great, thank you. I just wanted to have no real question. I just wanted to commend both services for uh, making the uh, books available for uh, people with uh, disabilities. I know we're huge fans of uh, Sealer. Both Lynn and I use it a lot. And you do get your books pretty quickly. Um, one of our favorite authors is Robin Cook. No, that's not a cookbook. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> that's what everybody always says to me. Well, is that a cookbook? No. Medical Mysteries. Yes. And he had a new one out. Uh last year or no a couple of years ago it was called cell and you got it right away from uh oh that one in the state you mentioned uh book share book share no uh the one audible uh, no the one where the they're commercial books oh uh, blackstone perhaps Oh, like you can buy them in the store. Uh, I, I cannot, the Penguin books or whatever, like. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't think of it. But anyway, you guys are doing a great job, and we'll look forward to uh, getting into the library and checking that out. That's wonderful. We'll look forward to seeing you really soon. That will be really good. Just wish I could think of the the name of that, because uh, they do all kinds of books, but I can't think of it. <laughs> any other so, questions, John? What's that? Yeah, any other questions? No, I just just uh, wanted to thank you, Devin, for putting on a program like this. It's fantastic. Well, you're welcome, and I couldn't do it without Simon. So I appreciate uh, we appreciate that. Thanks, John. Well, that's great, and you guys have a great day and safe travels. Thanks, John. I just that um, the Robin Cook reminded me of a, okay, a book that I read recently that are also medical thrillers um, by a, actually an Ontario author. He's based in Hamilton. His name's Ross Penny. And um, we're in the process of adding those um, books to our collection. I, I really uh, suggest people check them out if they like m- medical thrillers because uh, it's neat to read about something that's sort of in your neck of the woods, being in, in Sutton Hamilton. And, um, and, of course, the medical mystery is always kind of cool, too. I really like medical mysteries, and it's interesting that John mentioned Cell because uh, I'm headed off to the Dominican Republic, and I'm uh, with the Peterborough New Horizons Band, and uh, we are playing down there, so it's not a total vacation, but I've armed myself with eight books, so and Cell is one of them, so I'm looking forward, I'm really looking forward to reading that one now. Well, if you like those, actually, there's um, a book that our library book club is doing soon. It's not really a medical mystery. It's more of a a true story. Um, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. 
Um, our, our library book club is going to be reading that in February, and it's a true story about uh, uh, an African American woman whose whose cells were kept and they were used for further medical research um, without her family's knowledge. Um, so this is a really interesting one. We're kind of highlighting that for Black History Month next month. So if you like medical things and a little history, that might be interesting for people. And that's actually something that reminds me, um, our book club books become part of a book club set that people can take out and do with their own book club. Um, and we've recently started adding an audiobook format to that set. So not only are there 10 print books in the set, but there's always an audiobook. So if there's somebody in your book club who could really use a book that's in a different format, we usually have an audiobook. And if that's not available, we'll try to get a large print. Um, so there are some alternatives there that we're even provi providing to book club members. All right. That's interesting. Terrific. Uh, the uh, number again to call, and our time is getting short, um, I make it about uh, 8 minutes to 11. Am I right, uh, Simon? I think you're right. Okay. So uh, maybe one more call, 705-313-6330. Um, and um, Karen, um, and you were talking about the grand opening on, uh, on the 30th. Um, is there... Anything else you wanted to add with regard to that, as you know, maybe how the day is going to go or whatever? I'm actually not all that sure how the day is going to go, but <laughs> I do know that, you know, the mayor is going to be there and it'll probably be a ribbon cutting of some kind at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, we are going to have all staff available to help people because it is going to be a a new space that you'll have to learn how to explore. So okay. we will be offering tours throughout the day. So I, we haven't figured out exactly, but something like, you know, every hour on the hour, you can come in and get a, a guided tour because I think a lot of people are going to need one. Um, the space is so different and collections you thought you always knew where they were. You won't be able to find because they'll be <laughs> in a new place. So um, do take advantage of that if you do come in that first day. But even th the first few weeks will be open. We're going to always be happy to help guide people around and show them how to use the library. Uh, another new thing we're adding is we, we, we are getting some self-checkout mach machines, so you can just check out your own items if that's more convenient for you. Of course, we'll always have staff to, to help if you want to just check out with our in, our circulation staff. But, um, you know, as, as staff members, we're learning how to, we're learning where everything is in the new space as well, and we're also learning some new technology. So um, I, I say to everyone, you don't have to know it all right away. It's a, it's, you know, it's a step-by-step -step learning process for everyone. So so if we don't know where it is, we'll try to find it with you. So um, we'll be guiding each other as we figure out this new space, and it, it'll be really fun to explore. But uh, do take advantage of tours, especially that first day. All right, that'll be great. I do have one more question for both of you. Um, if people are looking for um, uh, described movies, uh, do uh, both of you have those Available, Lindsay? Uh, at, at the moment, Sila, we do offer uh, described movies. Um, it's a, a bit of a challenging collection because um, they're difficult to... There's not a huge number of them available, um, and you have to be able to turn on the um, described track on the DVD. Um, so um, but at the moment, they are available. Um, and um, and I, you can buy them commercially as well. And um, if you look for the, um, I'm not, I 
depends on how exactly the public library offers the catalogs and how we they are defined, but um, they're part of you know commercial collections in general. Yeah, we have a, a huge collection of DVDs at the Peterborough Public Library. So, and and as most users know, most DVDs have some closed captioning provided. Um, I'm not sure how that differentiates from described video. I imagine it's not quite as good, but um, most DVDs come with that track of closed captioning. So, um, yeah, certainly I've had several, we have several users who with some vision loss who definitely still use our DVD collection and uh, enjoy that a lot. Okay, just to differentiate between the closed captioning and the described video, the closed captioning is meant more for people who uh, are uh, have hearing. Oh, yeah, impairment. sorry, I was confused there. Sorry no, about no, that. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> All right, uh, folks, um, we are coming close to the end, so I'm going to thank uh, both Lindsay and Karen for making themselves available. I really appreciate that, and uh, I thought it was important to uh, hear the uh, uh, evolution between the CNIB library and uh, CELA, and then, of course, how uh, the public library fits into that, uh, that scheme of things. So thank you so much for uh, coming we, uh, on the show with us. We really appreciate that. A great pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us, Devin. And that will definitely do it for this week. I hope you found that informative. Take good care, and thank you so much for listening. See you next week. Bye for now.